I would argue Georgia and Clemson are are in the Alabama tier now. And two years ago, Alabama was in the Alabama tier. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's right. And so that's the difference. And I think that's the difference between that Georgia team two years ago, which was a really good team that was still figuring itself out and also was just Kirby Smart's second year with all that came with that. Not as many recruits, not as much depth. Now, two years later, this is now the Death Star. The date was June 25th, 2014, a little over five years ago and a year before this podcast was even thought up. The Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the University of Georgia Bulldogs administrations, they signed on for a home-and-home series to be played in 2017 and 2019. Two years ago, up in South Bend, Indiana, the first leg was complete. A historic 20-19 win for the Dogs. The second and final leg, it'll take place this Saturday night in Athens, Georgia, between two top 10 teams and a record crowd at Sanford Stadium. What a time to be a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 193 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach, join me today to break it all down. The first part of this episode deals mainly with matchups and opinions, our opinions, about what we think might take place on Saturday. The second part of this episode dives more into our usual buy or sell We talk about some Notre Dame and ESPN game day trivia, and of course, we make our picks on who we think wins and by how much. Also, Bourbon fans, make sure to listen to the entire episode as Tony shares some interesting news from our sponsor, Five Points Bottles, about a special barrel selection they will be bringing here to Athens sometime in November, and we make an announcement about a live UGA Notre Dame post-game show recording at one of our podcast partner restaurants. Hope to see you here in Athens this weekend. Let's go ahead and get into the Georgia-Notre Dame preview show. Here's Tony to get it all started. So we do have a plucky little upstart Catholic team coming into town this week. <laughs> yes. Welcome, Gonzaga. That's Jesuit. That's oh, I was thinking St. Mary's. Yeah, that's Jesuit. St. Mary's. They're Marian, right? They have to be. Absolutely. Uh, Jesuit. Um, yeah, uh, we have made it. We can actually we can say Notre Dame. We can actually say Notre Dame. Though again, I am not a player on Notre Dame, so I feel comfortable. Just uh, I, I, I assume comfortable. I'm not a player on Georgia. Kirby Smart will not yell at me. Though I think when he does yell, we can all hear it. So it feels like it's at us. I mean, it feels personal at times. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a couple of proposals because one, we only have so much bourbons, and we have to be someplace Saturday. So we're going to. Uh, we we have some actual analysis because we kind of have teams closely matched. <laughs> yes. um, I don't want to go too much into the season to date, big picture, but I think there's a couple things that probably weren't talking about, particularly what happened in Lexington with Felipe Franks and also continued downward spiral at SEC East. We've spent all this time waiting for a game to talk about. Yeah. And now we're going to have we to should. wait a really long time after this game. Scott, to have you a game got some to hashtags to talk about, right? Let's, <laughs> if you want to. Uh, I've got them I do up. not want okay. to. It, it is funny to think that uh, that if they win this week, it's just like, okay, I'll see you in mid-November. But if they lose, it's going to be a long All our goals are in front of us, just like Tennessee. Just like Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Um, it's funny how you how you talk differently. That, I love that you mentioned that because that, of course, is something that that exact phrase is what you said before we previewed the Georgia Notre Dame game two years ago. If Georgia loses this game, all of their goals are still in front of us. It's funny how that's also true now, but feels very very different. It does feel very different. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was going to suggest we jump off from whence we last left Notre Dame with a 20 to 19 win in South Bend. How different does it feel today than it did the week before that game? We had 
a freshman quarterback making his first start on the road with a team that we weren't real sure about facing a team that had legitimate playoff ambitions, us coming off not a great season before with some parts that we thought were pretty good, but we weren't sure and frankly weren't 100% certain we would know. I spent a lot of time thinking about the rest of that season from that point forward, and I still am thinking, sitting here thinking, I've fallen into the trap too, right? I am sitting here thinking like, man, if we don't win the SEC, and I'm probably going to be disappointed. And I remember legitimately thinking, not thinking about going to the college football playoff when we walked out of the, out of the um, Mercedes-Benz after that championship game that year in seventeen. I did not even think about us playing in the playoffs until my friend from Pasadena called and said, so do you need a place to stay for the Rose Bowl? I'm like, holy shit, we're going to the Rose Bowl. Like, that's a thing. And now it feels like this game has, we know it has exactly the same stakes, right? And frankly, it has exactly the same stakes going either way. But now it feels like if we lose, there's an element of hope lost, which is cool and weird and to me, the most scary thing there is about this game. It's also worth noting that was the blessed game. And by the blessed game, I mean, obviously it was a blast and it was, you know, I was there and you were there. I was with you and it was a great time all, all around. And obviously Georgia taking on Notre Dame. People will talk about that forever. It's one of the reasons why everyone's going to be so nice to the Notre Dame people this weekend. We'll get into that in a bit as well. But that was the moment. I mean, how many games removed at that point were they from losing to Georgia Tech? Three? Uh, three. Yeah. <laughs> three games removed from Georgia Tech. Seven games removed, eight games removed from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I mean, not that long. Like not, you know, nine from almost Nichols. a nickel state, right? And and there, if you were concerned about Georgia going in the Notre Dame game, you should have been. I mean, yeah. regardless of regardless of the fact that again they had a freshman starting quarterback who hopefully will just be able to get us for the next two through us get us to the next two or three games until Jacob Eason comes back. But not only is he making the start on the road. But, you know, Notre Dame, frankly, had more success of late than Georgia had. And there were a lot of, and Georgia still, there were still questions. Remember, this was still around the time where uh, there was a lot of uh, skeptics. Uh, People were like, well, Kirby Smart's clearly recruiting well, but we have seen mistakes on the field. Uh, What about this offensive coordinator? What about some of the things we saw at the end of last year? There were reasons to think, like, Georgia was not favored going into that game. And, like, there were reasons to be concerned. Ever since that game, everything Georgia has done has kind of felt sprinkled in magic dust a little bit. It doesn't mean there haven't been disappointing moments. Obviously, there have been several since then. I don't think you watch that game and be like, oh, we're going to the college football playoff this year. But it made it clear that, wow, Georgia winning at Notre Dame is a big deal, regardless of just the, the craziness that they never played there before and how awesome was it that they, that they were able to, we were all able to, able to go there and take the place over. But it really felt like, okay, this team, which we don't know a lot about with this freshman quarterback and all the kind of struggles and frustration we had last year, now they're going to Notre Dame and winning. What else are they capable of? And next thing you know, then came the revenge tour. The Vince tour happens, and then everything, and then all that comes with that. And then Auburn happens to step back, and then everything wonderful that happens after that. But I would argue that the pivot point of the Kirby Smart era, of, and there will be more pivot points, by the way. There will be more pivots to come. But the first major pivot, the okay, there actually probably is something special going on here, was winning at Notre Dame. 
what you hope is it's not a pivot the other way, right? <laughs> Where you lose this time, you're like, wait. Because right now people still totally believe in Kirby Smart, and they should totally believe in Kirby Smart. If you lose this game, it's not an actual reg- regression. I think the talent level is clearly higher than it was two years ago. But it feels... Like, now this is a game where you're like, wow, Georgia, they should win. Like, what are they, 14-point favorites? What, 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 what yeah, are they at this point? Yeah, 13 and a half. I mean, it, that, that shows a, how, just how far they've come over the last two years. I feel like that Notre Dame game really was uh, the pivot of the whole thing. And think about when this game was announced. It was sometime in 2014. And think I had about hair. Georgia. <laughs> it was before this podcast. And Georgia didn't really have much of a prayer. That was right before we started uh, the podcast in 2015. And 2016 was a Liberty Bowl victory over TCU, where we were debating whether or not fans had even a right to boast that they weren't going to go to the Liberty Bowl that year. We had, we got really, yeah, well, we got real up in arms in that. So I think what's cool about this is just how serendipitous it is that both Georgia and Notre Dame happen to be college football playoff contenders in the years that we're playing because it could have fallen a different way. Notre Dame could have been, this game would not have had the juice that we feel this week and that it's going to build towards the end of the week. If Notre Dame was kind of sad, Brian Kelly team than years past. Well, nothing's been made of this, or at least I haven't seen anything made of it. But, I mean, Georgia and Notre Dame are the only two teams that have been in the playoffs outside of Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma for the past three seasons, right? Uh, or for the past two seasons. And uh, remember, 2016, we didn't really know what they were. Uh, they had come off a 4-8 and eight season in 2016. Georgia, of course, had a disappointing season. And while Georgia won, I, I think we've made the point before that that was probably – it's hard to say this about a game that happened in September. That was a playoff play-in game because Notre Dame wins that game. Yeah. They probably go to the playoffs, and I'm, it's altogether possible Alabama doesn't. Mm. Right? Because, yeah. you know, the oh, Georgia, sure. I, I mean, it's just, I'm just saying that's a possibility. That's a thing that could have oh, happened. Oh, wow. Another opportunity foiled of Alabama not making it yeah. and missing the opportunity to play Notre Dame. Yeah. I never thought of it that way before. Yeah. It was like well, two of those where that's happened. They're right. Uh, right. So, you know, I think I think there's something that, like, this is going to be a huge game. There's going to be fifty to 80,000 people here who have no intention to go in the game. They're here for the party. Um, we have to keep in mind, Notre Dame plays games like this every week. True. Every week. These, these are— They play a national schedule. These are, Even these, though they play four or five. And, they, and, and Notre Dame is the highlight game on everyone else's Sure. Team. Yep. This is just a game to them. I wouldn't go that far. Well, no, no, no. I think— I, I understand what you're saying. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't go that far, but what I'm saying is, is that— if, if just because of what happened two years ago. Not right. so much the result of the game, but what happened when Georgia— What fans, if this was the first meeting, you know, and then we were scheduled to go to Notre Dame I next think that year. would be a different experience. Yeah, so. I think it would be. But no stretch of imagination, I don't I think— if you look at the tickets, it's for sale on the 600 level. Um, Notre Dame is not going to travel like Georgia traveled to South Bend. But, you know, if you think somehow Georgia has some sort of edge because been in big games, Notre Dame's been in big games. They played in the playoffs last year. Yeah, they lost 30 to nothing. And, you know, all of the narrative that goes with that. Let me say this and make sure it's all of our listeners are clear. Notre Dame is not Arkansas State. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but for the record, Arkansas State wasn't was Murray not Murray State. State but <laughs> we'll get into actual game analysis in a minute. Uh, it is interesting to me that they're coming off a of bye week. I, I found that first off to be interesting because you know they. Oh, I guess they, they played. They, they played. They, they, they had a week two weeks ago. That's right because they played week zero. They did not look great against Louisville. They looked not sharp, and we'll go over some stats in a minute. But you know they they ram hammered New Mexico. Um, 
Is that yeah. Bob Davy still? Is he still there? Yeah, he, yeah, but he, yeah, was, he, had, he, he had didn't a, make the trip. Yeah, he was sick. He was sick. Yeah, yeah, he had sick. a heart thing, right? Yeah. So, like, have, literally, Bob Davy. The the happens. They didn't that, bring a bed for him. Yeah, I know. The happens of Bob Davy. Davy happened to be coaching a team in 2019 that is traveling to Notre Dame, and he's too sick to go. Oh yeah. Speaking of, yeah, you saw Hugh Freeze got like a game stool or whatever it was, <laughs> it was they gave funny. him for finally winning a game. I'm, all, I'm kind of all for that. I want to see what they do next. It's like uh, He's going to have a Ron Hunter Memorial three-legged stool yeah. on the sideline. It's I can't even. <laughs> Before uh, we get into the game analysis, I want to do one more thing about Notre Dame having them here, uh, which is obviously we've talked about how Kirby Smart has scheduled for the future all of these big, big games. Oklahoma, UCLA, Florida State, all of those Clemson games. Is Florida State big? Oh, well, I mean, I mean they, yeah. They, I mean, not, I mean, they're not good, but they're. I mean, sitting here in 2019, yeah, yeah. I mean, 2026. Eh. It is worth noting. It is a very long time. Until oh yeah. One of those teams plays here. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we it feels because this game has been scheduled, sure. And then we there's and that's been followed up by all of these these uh, these games that are all coming up. It is not until uh, in 2023 they play at Oklahoma. And they play Clemson in Atlanta in 24. They play at UCLA in 25. It's not until, if you're counting UCLA, who knows what they're going to be in 2026. Who knows if California is not in the ocean by that point. But 2026 is certainly a, still a very long way away. You can even argue whether UCLA counts. If you don't think UCLA counts, 2027, you're at Florida State. It's 2028 when you host Florida State, whether or not you count them. That's how long it is until a, a non-conference team of this level Comes to Athens. Well, I mean, Georgia Tech's. Going to be- <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even acknowledge that. <laughs> Here's the and, thing: I'm uh, taking. Yeah, I mean, I'm taking solace in the fact that Texas A&M comes here. It's almost like a second one. Yeah, and like <laughs> LSU comes here in 2025. Yeah, but I'm talking about like. I it's, mean, look at next year's home schedule. <laughs> it's yeah. it's not good. It's unusually special, even for a team that's scheduling up the way that Georgia is, to have a team like Notre Dame come to town. And we can all argue whether Notre Dame is the team of the past and so on. But but for me, like the great when you listen to Solid Verbal, the great joke is every time they talk about the Notre about Notre Dame, they start playing like old timey like twenty swing band music. And it's very very funny. But I mean, the game is really late for them. Yeah, <laughs> they're it's fans. True. It's true. I'm not the West Coast fans. I mean, they're going to have to come back from the buffet early. Yeah. But but <laughs> but I think that's the thing is there will not be unless there's a playoff in between now and then. Which I guess is always possible, uh, where there's an extra playoff game. Where oh, like a home too. game, yeah, home the game first, playoff. Yeah. Oh, oh, that would be. But other than that, it's not until 2028 if you're counting Florida State, 29 if you're counting Texas, or 30. 30 is Clemson, 31 is Oklahoma, 32 is Clemson, uh, and then so on. But like, it is a very long time. I'm gonna. We're all going to be quite old. We're already quite old. Says we're you, be very old. By then, we will in fact be quite old. We can't even deny it at that point. I'll be halfway there. Yeah, you'll be. Just think there. how easy it'll be to produce a podcast by then. I mean, it's we'll just pretty think easy it. Now. Yeah, people will hear us. us. I thought we were already doing that. I didn't actually know that you were taping this. Are you taping this? So for me, like that's something, and we should really appreciate about all of this is there. There won't be another game like this, even with everything going on for another seven, eight years. It's a, it's a really special, special thing. Yeah, so if you remember in 2017, and tell me if I'm correct in thinking about this, the lead up to the game, it was that Georgia needed to contain Brandon Winbush because he was kind of setting the season on fire at that point. And going back and looking at some of the highlights and, and reading about it, 
it seemed to me that, uh, of course, our friend Roquan Smith kind of had his coming out party during that game because he literally, on a couple of plays that I saw, like Will says, it looked like he just fell from the sky on top of Brandon <laughs> Wimbush to stop him. One other person that, uh, this was going to be a trivia question, but I think it's uh, appropriate to mention now, the leading tackler for Georgia in that 2017 game, it was not Roquan Smith. It was not Lorenzo Carter. It was not Davin Bellamy. It was J.R. Reed. Really? J.R. Oh, Reed was the leading set. tackler great in that set. game. And guess who's going to be anchoring the secondary? J.R. Reed. I'm glad you brought up J.R. Reed because I was thinking about who, uh, because we have a continued youth movement, who on that team played substantial minutes in that game. Obviously, Fromm did. Obviously, J.R. Reed did. Is there? I mean, obviously, Rodrigo did because he's now a seventh-year senior. Mm-hmm. Field goal Jesus. Field goal Jesus. Touchdown Jesus. I know. Touchdown Jesus. A field goal Jesus is what I yelled yes, every time. Yes, that's what Notre I'm Dame. saying. Notre I know Dame it's touchdown Jesus. I'm, uh, I'm calling back your own joke. I so, touchback Jesus. But if you think about it, circling back to the Wimbush point, it's that Ian Book is a better version, a better runner, a more dangerous passer slash runner than even Brandon Wimbush was back in 2017. So... The way that Georgia attacked and kind of corralled Wimbush was they basically had, and it wasn't the same guy, but they basically had a spy to kind of keep him in the pocket. And that's going to need to take place at times when Ian Book breaks contained. Because if you saw that Louisville game, on the very first drive of that game, Ian Book really set them up for their first touchdown by being able to break contain and make something happen with his legs. So uh, who that will be? Yeah, I've actually spent a fair amount of time thinking about what the defense is going to look like. I, I actually think we'll probably play four on the front more than we play three on the front. What that allows you to do is you allows you to funnel the plays back into the middle or to the short side of the field. But you've got to play really stout defense on that long edge because – you're right. Book will hurt you if he can get outside of your contain. I think we're faster across the board mm-hmm. behind the defensive line. I'm frankly probably faster on the defensive line. Despite having Roquan Smith, I think overall the talent level's higher. I'm not certain that the talent level's higher on Notre Dame's offense, especially on the offensive line. Even despite the fact they had an All American that got beat, oh, straight yeah. up beat. Uh, on the What's final the penultimate play, um, McClatchy maybe something like that. It was um, like a six-seven tackle. Yeah, who was just super like all everything. When Notre Dame has the ball, I think what what you're going to want to look for is that they run more than you would think. They're all actually a little more up tempo than you would think. Um, actually, Murray State and Arkansas State offensively wasn't a terrible schedule for. Georgia because they like to throw those uh, short underneath the intermediate pass. They like to move the ball quickly. They want to get the defense back on their heels and and you know kind of hands on the hips and making them work. That's all well and good, but when you have the depth Georgia has and the speed Georgia has, um, it, it's going to be interesting to me to see what um, Landing does. I think if I'm landing, basically I rush four. I play, I allow my defensive backs to, especially linebackers to roam a little bit to keep um, book in check or making at least think about it before he tries to run. And then you play lockdown with your on the receivers. And then if the receivers really are locking them down, that's when you pin your ears back. A lot of what happened last week with Arkansas State. If you look at Arkansas State, the first couple of drives, we didn't blitz much after we realized we were covering really well. Lanny's like, go, 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 go guys, go eat. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, That'd now, be a fun way for this to go. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think we're going to sack no. them six times. No. Um, uh, sack book six times. First off, I think he's a fair amount more mobile. Um, and you know, you 
probably open yourself up a little little more to chunk plays out of the quarterback. But it wouldn't surprise me at least if we if we do that. Um, the other way to do that is you you rush for, but also think he can throw the ball into tight spaces that he can't. And that's where you get havoc plays on the back end where you get pass breakups and interceptions. Um, the, the I guess the, probably the one thing that scares me about Notre Dame is their running game. Um, they have been pretty effective at picking up not huge chunky, chunks of yards, but they've been a pretty effective at moving the ball probably, what, 200 yards a game pretty close against uh, – you know, I think they had 230 against Louisville. It remains to be seen what Louisville's – rush defenses but i've watched that game and they looked really impressive they were able to move Louisville's line around their offensive line's good i mean it's not a stretch to say at all that we're facing a step up in talent and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i and the, the will reference on the on sunday podcast uh the lsu game kind of almost like the heavyweight title yeah. match feel add to it this is going to feel the same way the talent they bring to Athens is a step above any of the talent we have seen that has been brought to Athens since Alabama. Clemson, Alabama, and fifteen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, is that? Right. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't feel like there's a stretch. I mean, saying Georgia that. has lost games since then, but I yeah. don't think there's any question. This is yeah. the best team that's come here. Oh yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So, it's weird when you when you think about where Notre Dame is and the way that Georgia played last week. I really kind of can't get over that. How good Georgia was last week. Uh, we have our little Bill Connolly, Bill Connolly moment. Bill Connolly moved Georgia up in the SEP rankings above Clemson. They are now this number two. Well, I mean, ACC's well, trash. Bill didn't, but his numbers did. That's right. Sorry. 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 You're right. You're right. That's correct. But uh, Sagarin moved him from 47th to 9th. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, there's I think he's making those up. But, <laughs> but I mean, like Arkansas State, I think, is coming in. He said there were 67 in the country yeah that's the top half I mean, that's really good <laughs> and, and so I think that uh, to do that against that team I'm still uh, we talked about this in the post game show I feel like it's the best win they've had in a long time and I know obviously they've beaten better teams obviously they've had comfortable wins against better teams for but for an actual legitimate team to come in here not an SEC team but a legitimate team to come in Georgia could have beat them 114 to nothing last week <laughs> like they could have. Like there were like no matter what was happening, I didn't think Arkansas State was storing any points. <laughs> and you know, it felt like this is the Death Star, I think was your exact phrase, Tony, that you said. That felt like a Death Star game. Now you're obviously not going to be able to do that against Arkansas, against Notre Dame, but you did against Arkansas State. But I think it was a sign of how much talent there is now and how different this is than it was two years ago. And it does feel we talk we, again when you talk about the context of where Georgia was. Now, Notre Dame is still a good team. I don't think this Notre Dame team is as good as the one two years ago was. The Georgia team, to me, seems dramatically Really? And yeah. the, That's interesting. Yeah. The schedules for 2019 kind of mirror and match up because Georgia opened on the road against a conference opponent and beat them pretty handily. Notre Dame opened on the road so the against— So there would have been the North Carolina game? Huh? In 17? Yeah. No, I'm talking about this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I you're Georgia. Yeah, yeah, no, Georgia opened with Vanderbilt, won pretty handily. Notre Dame opened with a conference, and I'm using air quotes, opponent at Louisville and won pretty handily. I have a question. Yeah. We don't have ACC refs. We don't want this thing close at the end. I don't know. I don't know who brings the refs on okay. this. I mean, maybe it's Big Ten or something like that. I, I hope it's, it better be SEC. If it's not SEC, we're doing it wrong. You need to check on that. We're, we haven't mentioned Chad at all this year. Where's Chad? <laughs> Damn it, Chad. He's, 
We, we, but, we moved. The, you know, honestly, there's a little behind the scenes. We're, for we're in Chad's corner. Aren't we, we actually moved the table to where Chad used to sit, <laughs> and now we've forgotten he's still here. That's right. We need to bring him back quickly. So to finish my point, Notre Dame had an off week in week two. We played Murray State, an FCS school, and then they played a chump FBS school last week and won like 50-something to 10 or 66 to 10 or something over New Mexico. And then we played an FBS school and won 55 nothing. So really, it matches up pretty much the same. And so you can take the stats and who had more total yards or who's had more penalties, but really you've got to just take it for what it's worth and look at what the feel is almost and, and where the athletes stack up better and also the lines of scrimmage on who has the advantage. And really, if you look at it across the board and trying to take my homer cap off, which is hard to do because it fits so well, Georgia – pretty much matches up on all aspects except maybe if you want to nitpick wide receivers because they have a couple of senior wide receivers but still what we've seen out of George Pickens and Blaylock and the tight ends Eli Wolf and and what we know Charlie Warner can do you know I can see why it's a 13 and a half point spread honestly just for the sake of discussion let's compare this Georgia team right now okay. to that new Georgia team out in that date, not the one at the end of the year, not the one that on, be not on, the, not in the one September of seventeen. Right at that point. Right. I think you're right about the wide receivers. I think they were better then, though. I will say this is a weird thing to say about Terry Godwin, who is in obviously in the NFL doing fine. But I do think Pickens has a ceiling that is higher than any of those wide receivers there. Oh, hundred percent. For the what it's worth, he also has the opportunity to uh, he he can make that incredible pa- uh, touchdown catch that uh, Godwin made. He might also uh, dance and throw the ball in the air and cost fifteen yards and give a give a. Uh, <laughs> oh, I a think Rod- a I stroke. think I think Rodrigo just kicks out the end zone either way. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But it's true. It's just on your own, on your own five, uh, give him two flags. But so I think there, and I think the linebackers were clearly better. And the thing is, linebackers now. Now, you just had Roquan. They're just young. Yeah, yeah, and you had Roquan. And to me, Roquan is a transcendent talent, as you still see now. Yeah. That, that as good as this defense is, no one is there yet. And the running backs, the running backs talent-wise, is there then? I think the running backs are probably better than just because you've got Chubb and Sony. But depth-wise? It's, it's depth deeper now. Depth-wise, you've got uh, – there, there's more there. I mean, you saw what McIntosh did on Saturday. Yeah, and like Fromm is – Obviously, light years better than he was going into that game, and he played really well in that game. So, you kind of blanched a little bit, Tony, when I said that this Notre Dame team was is worse than than the one two years ago. Let's just say, for the sake of discussion, they're the same. <laughs> Let's just say, for the sake of discussion, they are Notre Dame at equal levels. It's hard to I would find it hard to argue that they're dramatically better than that team. Notre Dame seems to me roughly the same team for the last three years. This is kind of what Kelly has done with them. He's made them... There were times where Notre Dame has had bad years. Kelly does not have bad years. He has taken advantage of being Notre Dame and made them a... I mean, they're, I think they're 10 in S&P right now. And, you know, they, he's made them a upper-tier team. In a way, for a while, Notre Dame was not... In the Bob Davey days, was not an upper-tier team. But Georgia has transcended that. And Georgia's not transcended that in that now there are three, and Notre Dame's a number 10 team. I would argue the three best teams in the country now are at a higher tier than maybe the three best teams in the country were three years ago. Like Georgia, Clemson, sure. and Alabama, yeah. I, I think, and, and I, maybe LSU can jump into that. I wouldn't put them there yet. But clearly, Georgia, Alabama, and, and Clemson have raised the ceiling a little bit on the talent level that you can have for, have for a team. Whereas I would argue Georgia and 
Clemson are are in the Alabama tier now. And two years ago, Alabama was in the Alabama tier. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. And so that's the difference. And I think that's the difference between that Georgia team two years ago, which was a really good team that was still figuring itself out and also was just Kirby Smart's second year with all that came with that. Not as many recruits, not as much depth. Now, two years later, this is now the Death Star. And for me, what Notre Dame is doing... Uh, remember, I, I, joked, I joked in the past about how um, Muschamp and South Carolina had that game two years ago. Where like, this is your shot. Mm-hmm. And after this, you're missing your shot. For me, if Notre Dame, and uh, the way they were two years ago, could not win at home against that Georgia team, I see no reason they should be able to compete that much with the Georgia team on the road two years later with all the Georgia has going with them. Well, I think the biggest difference is that um, – when, when we went there before, the one weapon beyond book that concerns me is Claypool, their wide receiver. He he is clearly book's favorite target uh, when they do throw. I mean, they don't throw a whole lot. I mean, that, I mean they don't throw a whole lot compared to some teams. Um, they're really balanced on first down. I think it's something like 35 runs to 28 passes. Second down, they probably run a little more in third down. They go wherever. They haven't faced many third downs, much like Georgia. By the way, on third down conversion, they're not great compared, especially compared to Georgia. Uh, but the one thing I will concede is that they had more weapons. Uh, they, the, I think, the running backs probably were a little better. They were probably a little more balanced. Um, what was the name of the wide receiver that, that Scott thought was a saint? Oh yeah, no, it's Equimenius uh, Saint Brown. Yeah, yeah, the, the patron saint of horses. Um, his <laughs> brother plays at Arizona now. Yeah. There's an Equim- There's like a I don't know. I'm not Catholic. You would know something. Saint Brown. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> something Saint Brown. Um, I think I can't concede that. You're right. I did look at you that way. Frankly, I think their defense is the same uh, yeah. across the board. Notre Dame looks like roughly the same team. Yeah, but I which think is our, really good. That is, I don't mean to diminish that. Yeah, just but, Georgia but, is not the same team. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. Right. Uh, Georgia's not the same team. I mean, we can make the argument that that team was better because of intangibles. There is no doubt, talent wise, across the 85 man and what we. Well, I guess we probably took 85 people yeah. on that, that trip across the 85-man roster. Uh, Georgia is better now. Um, the one thing that Brian Kelly has done is, and frankly, when his teams are most successful, is when he has a quarterback that's a kind of a do-it-all guy, and he has that in the end book. And that's the point you were making earlier, Scott. Yeah, and also to flashback to 2017, one of the things that Georgia did to really kind of I don't know, put itself in a bind was they did record 12 penalties for a total of 127 yards. And if you do remember, I think it was the second kickoff of the game where Holyfield takes it down to the three and there was a block in the back uh, that pulled that back. And that was one of those moments where you thought, "Mm, I'm not sure this is going to go our way. Georgia ended up punting eight times in that game. And really, Nizalek flipped the field oftentimes because if you think about it, when Georgia did, you know, Jake Fromm had that bad fumble. And when Georgia did get in its, get in its own way, Nizel, like, you know, bailed us out pretty much. And his legend began to grow kind of with his kicking compatriot, 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 uh, Rodrigo Magnetize. during that game. But um, <laughs> <laughs> if you think back to that game, it was not very high scoring. It was what, 20 to 19. Georgia had a total of 326 total yards to Notre Dame's 265. So it was not some kind of high-flying. Uh, it was more 
Jake Fromm and making his first start yeah. and not was, knowing what we've got on defense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a grinder. It was, it was, it was a, a complete grinder. It was a grinder of a game. And in a way that it's so funny to think that that's the same team that would have that Oklahoma game sure. later yeah. in the year because it really, like, it's wild, right? To think, yeah. Think about how much that team progressed over that season. Well, I mean, the national championship game was, yeah. Even though it was just, 26-something points. I mean, the, both teams moved the ball up and down the field a fair amount. I mean, this is why it took me so long to get the from owner, right? Because <laughs> we were still with the idea that, like, he is yeah. holding down the fort. Right. right. He for is Eason. The, yeah, yeah. He is holding down the fort for Eason. It, don't make a ton of mistakes. And he didn't, by the way. And But as opposed to the from that we saw in F- the 15 Oklahoma. 15 to 19, 175 yards is a platonic ideal. That's what he wanted. Yeah. As opposed to, again, the Oklahoma game or the Alabama game of what that guy was of the of the spinning the ball in his hand and yeah. getting all... Like, Obviously a different dude. Probably not a different dude, but just a more comfortable dude. And frankly, we have not seen that from in a while, actually. We saw in the national championship game, uh-huh. which I feel like we should all pause once again and remember how freaking great Jake Fromm was in the, and sorry, in the, in the SEC championship game. Yeah. How freaking great he was. Last year. You mean last year? Yeah, last year. year. Yeah. He was so, so good in that game. It has been absolutely lost, and there's been no need for him to really do that again since then. The clearly— I would like, think he was that good this past week. Yeah, he was that good, but like— you know, he that, played a half. Yeah, they, they were trying some stuff, and they were yeah. giving— and they, I see, again, a smart plan, right? He, you're going to want him to throw a little bit more this week, so you give him more opportunities to do that against Arkansas State. Maybe that's why you don't go full air raid against Vanderbilt the way that I wanted him mm-hmm. to. It's almost as if they should be coaching and not me. But I would say <laughs> that, uh, generally speaking, if it comes to that— like, you think of Ian Book— He's the guy that's got to win this game for Notre Dame, right? Like, he's the one that's going to have to be the perfect thing for what Kelly wants and be the guy that can do both things. If Book needs to have this incredible game for them to stay in here, he needs to have, he needs to have like an old school, uh, Vince Young is the wrong example, but like a quarterback who just takes over. Tim Tebow? It's so, so, so like a Heisman coming out party yeah, kind of thing. A, a Manziel against Alabama. Yeah. Ooh. That's what Ooh, he needs. I don't that, like how that sounds. That's, the, yeah. that's what he needs, right? He needs a Manziel against Alabama game for them to be able to win this game. Except it's also worth noting that Georgia has Jake Fromm and like a ton of running backs and emerging wide receivers. To me, the only real path that Notre Dame has to win this game is for Book to have this incredible game and then Georgia to Miss a field goal here or there. Pickens does something awesome, but then pushes for an extra couple yards and fumbles. Yeah. Like there's like dumb little. Uh, there's more penalties. Penalties have still been a little bit of an issue for Georgia. It's a heavily penalized game, but talent wise and matchup wise, I just think Notre Dame isn't with Georgia in a way that they were comparable to years. Ago. And you did mention turnovers. Uh, Notre Dame is opportunistic. They lead the league in average turnover margin. They I have a total that. of they're a, they're a plus six. Georgia is a plus in two games. Georgia is a plus one. Uh, So that's something to look at. And penalties, you mentioned that as well. Georgia so far has 20 penalties for 196 yards. Notre Dame in two games, and this would be closer if they played three, 11 for 73. I'm glad you brought up the the penalties because I think Notre Dame does play extremely disciplined football. Um, You know, the, the one thing that heartened me about this last week, besides the fact that it was total domination, is that there wasn't that letdown any point in the game that we had seen against Vanderbilt. And, and I, I think part of that was strategy with Vanderbilt, especially offensively in the second half. But we certainly saw it against Murray State where they got sloppy. They didn't, you know. It, it wasn't Missouri. I know I brought this up last week, but Missouri to me is of last year. Yeah. Was the, oh, they're kind of not into this yet. Yeah. And, yeah. and we you have, play that way against Notre Dame this week, you lose. You lose. But, like, I haven't seen anything that would, other than the penalties in the Vanderbilt game. In the first quarter of Murray State. Yeah. About, maybe. Yeah. 
I would say I just think we had that game. So I yeah, mean, I agree. Yeah. I mean, look, the first quarter of the Murray State game might be a preview of what we see this week because if if Kirby Smart thinks we can run the ball down their throat. We score 24 points and they don't get the ball but six times. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just the way it goes. So, you know, I, I think we have to be careful to um, we have to be careful about getting too exuberant. I'm, you know, we'll, we'll get to our predictions in a few minutes, but it's it's hard. I'm a two minds about how this game goes because, you know, Kirby wants to win this game more than he wants to score style points. Right. If he'll, he'll if you were to say right now. You don't get to say how the game goes, but you win 20 to 19. Kirby right now would absolutely. Oh, sure. I would too. Right. Yeah. And for the record, so would Notre Dame, obviously. Like, I think, I absolutely. Yeah. This is sets up for everyone. Like, again, look at the schedule, everyone, and look what's going on in the SEC East. This is it for a while. (laughs) Like, this is the pivot game. And again, you're right. Just like you said two years ago, Georgia can still achieve its goals. And sure. lose this game. Sure. It would feel like a bigger disappointment than losing that game two years ago would have been, no question. But Georgia can still do everything that it wants to do and lose this game. But it would be a lot easier if they didn't. <laughs> because if they win, in particular if they win it convincingly, that's another thing to keep in mind. Because look at Notre Dame's schedule the rest of the way. Yeah. They've got at Michigan, which is an interesting game to say the very least. Uh, you've got at Stanford. Otherwise, Virginia at home. But otherwise, that's it. Which yeah, means their schedule has gotten a lot worse. The worst Virginia Southern. Yeah, they Cal got Stanford, Stanford on that. Exactly. So, like, look at what this is now. There's a very real possibility this is the only loss on Notre Dame schedule that will matter mm-hmm. if Georgia gets to the SEC championship game and loses. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's the scenario that listen. If they beat LSU last year, that was the scenario we were talking about, yeah. right? You can lose the SEC championship game and still get in. Last year, you could not do that, as we all know, because they lost and didn't get in. The reason was LSU. This year, the reason would be Notre Dame, uh, and maybe Texas A and M. I don't mean to disparage Texas A and M, but uh, I, I'm more worried about this game than I am worried about Texas A and M. And if you've heard me talk on this podcast, I'm. Don't seem to you don't be feel worried. worried. <laughs> you don't seem to be very worried about this game. But this is in importance. This is the game that you win. This everyone can just kind of stretch into November. Yeah. One last thing I want to talk about um, is that from the kicking game, I think we have a clear advantage. And I'm not talking about field goals. I mean, as much as kickoffs, because field position could matter, especially if I mean, look, if we played the kind of game we played against Vanderbilt, for example, where. We looked at established dominance on the offensive line, which, frankly, I think we probably can do if we want to. Field position could end up mattering. Um, you know, if Rodrigo has – when Rodrigo's kicked off, he's something like 90% of his kicks have been touchbacks. He's actually yielding because of those corner kicks that don't get returned to the 25. He's actually yielding higher than a touchback average on uh, kickoffs. Um, no, they're not doing that. I mean, they're returnable balls. And, um, Scott, that's going to make you happy – this could be a game where somebody returns one and it makes that just breaks the game open or something. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying that's a possibility because Notre Dame has shown that they're not kicking nearly as many touchbacks as George is. And frankly, as pure, I think it's the word you use, Scott, is Rodrigo has looked on his kicks. Um, if it does come down to that, remember when Rodrigo was cooking in 2017, we won because he nailed a pretty like onions field goal. Somewhere like three minutes left in the game. Is that right? Do yep. I remember that right? 334. Uh, so, and it was 30 yards. I mean, it was 30 yards. But, but still, we're talking about a guy at that point. We were like, oh. eh, the 
he's yeah, quirky. Yeah, we were still talking about his dad. Yeah, exactly. He's quirky. He doesn't have a scholarship. He got a scholarship after this game. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he wears the glasses. He's a little weird, and then became everybody's favorite nerd. So, um, I mean, he gets louder cheers than from when he's an ass. Yeah, because he, I mean. I, I'm not complaining. He's, I mean, I heart I, him I a think, lot. Uh, I think Nizalek tweeted something like what it was like being introduced after Rodrigo. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. I am also on the team. Right, right. So the ESPN FPI prediction, uh, Georgia has a 67% chance of winning. And um, one of the problems that perhaps, you know, here's what you think. You think that most of the times college football teams that are going to get the love fest, the Kirby slash UGA love fest from all the national media and then ESPN game day, all week long, you would worry that they're going to, you know, lap up that good praise and then come out flat. I don't really see that happening because I've seen a couple people online question like, oh, it's just going to be all Jordan. Nobody's going to pick Notre Dame. We're worried about them kind of reading their own press. But I just don't see that being a problem. Do you? No, I think you bring up an interesting point. I mean, we have um, we have at times um, excoriated Kirby over his type media policy and the kind of the way he has handled media. Um, this is one of the few situations I'm kind of glad that he keeps them clamped down. Um, first off, I don't think Notre Dame needs motivation, but you don't want to provide some just because you get somebody who, like, I mean, it's not hard to see if George Pickens I was just thinking George, right, yeah, yeah. that he doesn't say something that he meant. They can't he, guard me. He, meant, they can't he cover means me. in total sincerity right, right. that he utterly believes in his heart that also gets put on a yeah. bulletin board. Maybe that's the reason Kirby doesn't let freshmen talk. I would <laughs> say it's 100% why he doesn't let freshmen talk. Um, the other part about For that. For what freshmen can talk whoever they want to. Kirby Smart is not the sheriff or the law. Just for the record. Just saying that. Right. But, you know, to there media. are a lot of steps up to the top of the stadium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other part about that is that the more Georgia plays in these types of games, um, the less it becomes a thing. The downside of that for us as fans is that we are less excited about this, right? I mean, I definitely feel differently than I did going to South Bend. And part of that is going to get to go to South Bend. But the reality is, it's like, oh, yeah, look, another top 10 matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen some of these in the past few years. Um, it is cool that Notre Dame's coming to Athens. It is cool that it is a top 10 matchup. It is cool that we finally unseated LSU Alabama from the 8, 8 p.m. CBS kickoff. That, all that is awesome. But this doesn't, to me, doesn't feel any different than a very exciting uh, in-conference game. And the stakes are less, right? I mean, it matters more from national narrative, but the stakes are less as far as what happens in the season. And I think really realistically what Kirby has said to the team, if I was coach, what I would say is that, look, we have played three football teams. We have played well enough in one game. We have played okay in one game. In one game we lost – we kind of lost our minds. Um you can't do that in this game or you're going to be waking up Sunday morning wondering what in the hell happened to my season. And if I'm Kirby, that's the message I deliver because that's not untrue. Yeah, Kirby's pretty focused uh, this week. I watched the press conference and, you know, one good thing, uh, someone asked him about injuries and he seemed to indicate that everybody that went out in the game, including Tyler Simmons, he pretty much was saying probably be all right. And uh, who was the guy? It was uh, Campbell. Tyson Campbell. Tyson Campbell went out with a uh, hamstring. A reporter asked him to clarify 
if it was a hamstring, Kirby said he would classify it as a lower extremity injury. And then that's when the media pool just kind of does that, <laughs> that nervous laughter. Yeah. Kirby just stares him down, moves <laughs> on to the next question. So just watching that little snippet, if you made a gif out of it, you could say Kirby's focused, the team's focused. I mean, he did not even bite, take a little bit of bite of the apple and crack a smile. He just moved on to the next question. Well, in, in part of what one of the things we talked about is I, I haven't talked with Matt Adair about this, our friend Matt, uh, but he and I talked about being in the seasons like because I was just sharing with him, kind of like I'm excited about this film, I'm not nervous about this. Film. It's like welcome to what's like being Alabama, film, <laughs> right. right? And part of that is that these games, it's not that they don't matter, but they're just part of the deal. And the more Georgia gets to do them, the less it becomes a thing in the locker room. And I think. I think the culmination of, of sort of these things as as we continue to progress along, it does add credence to the notion that um, I used the term the Death Star the other day. I, I, I'm still okay with that term. Um, you know, recruiting wise, there's no doubt we're there. Doing well in this game, in in handling this game, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying we got to win by we got to cover the spread, but winning this game and handling it and handling our business lends one more kind of like piece of data to the point that Kirby's well on his way to making the Death Star real. I'll just go through kind of the last bit of little bits of information about this game. Uh, the dog walk's going to be at 545. Okay. So if anybody wants to go... Oh my God, we get to tailgate to eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are a, an additional 500 seats in the end zone because something like Greg McGarity overpromised and so it's and what so, did happen? Do you know what happened? So what happened? What happened was is that there is something other. I think it's one. I want to say it's like eighty five hundred tickets were guaranteed to Notre Dame. Part of the problem is is George's normal ticketing thing only usually only allows for eight thousand seats, and he was like, eh, "We'll figure it out." Well, basically, what we're going to do because we did the West End Zone additions. We're going to put temporary stands out. They're up already. They're I saw up. a they, picture. I, Logan Booker there. tweeted a picture. Wait, where out. are they? I, I, the West End Zone. Yeah, like on the right underneath the scoreboard. Yep. They look I, like they look like uh, bleachers that you would see at uh, yeah. Oconee Veterans yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, look, we see they're not like they're not like old Jacksonville temporary bleachers where you felt like they're going to fall. We see these in Jacksonville. You see them in Jacksonville every year. That stadium, the old Gator Bowl, would hold eighty, you know, seventy-five thousand, and they put. 79,000 in there because they would literally ring the upper deck with these stands that were put on scaffolding out over the 500 feet above it's the ground. very dangerous. It's crazy. And they would sway. It was nuts. And you'd rip up. They were made out of wood, so you could yeah, like, try pull to pull them up and like, pull them throw up them at Florida take fans. Them with you. It was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one other thing is, Tony, you might remember a Georgia player, probably early 90s, Greg Tremble. Yeah, of course. Safety. Yeah. His son... Plays for Notre Dame. Really? He is a sophomore tight end named Tommy Trimble out of uh, Johns Creek, Georgia. Okay. So uh, it looks like Notre Dame won that uh, recruiting battle. He, on the season, he has four receptions for 78 yards and scored a touchdown versus Louisville. So look for him, 6'4", sophomore tight end, Greg Trimble's son. Uh, I did see a quote from Greg Trimble saying that every other game, he wears his red and black and cheers for Georgia. He's going to be wearing blue and green. I don't, I don't know that I, I could. I don't know that I could do that. But you know, I, <laughs> I support you supporting your son. I guess. Um, <laughs> of course, no, 
<laughs> Never do that again. Um, so, you know, it's interesting. There are a ton of Georgia players on this team. Um, Notre Dame truly does recruit nationally. Um, there is, like, the Catholic Center is having a huge mass. I was going to ask you about this. At 1 o'clock. My parents at, are very excited about this. Are they really? Uh, they're having a huge mass at 1 o'clock at Clark Central High School. Uh, the bishop is actually saying mass. Archbishop is saying mass. My wife's going to go over there. She's like, you coming over? I was like, uh, no, I'm not going over there. Um, sorry. I'm, my church is here. One of the fun things we did at the Georgia Notre Dame game is we went to the chapel and said rosary, and it was part of the scene. Oh, of course. I mean, my, um, one of the main reasons I went was to take pictures of everything for my mom. Like yeah, it was, was crazy. So excited about that. Um, so you know, this is. I mean, they do they do recruit nationally. And it's more than just Catholic kids. I don't know. They they got kids from as disparate places as Pike County, as like all the Metro Atlanta schools. I didn't look at all of them, but there's like eight, right? Don't there's there's probably six, seven, eight yeah. Georgia guys, and I think. Five or six of them say Maris, Blessed Trinity, Wesleyan. St. Pius. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about the event uh, of what's <laughs> all happening. Um, to me, game day is here. We haven't really talked about game day being here. This is the first time game day has been here since my LSU, first yeah. ever college football game here at uh, Georgia to see LSU in Georgia. Uh, the game that people still tell me was the loudest that they've ever heard in Sanford Stadium. I've had several people say that. Too. I suspect we're going to break it. Yeah, and... It is exciting to have that. I feel terrible. I, I've, uh, my wife and I were talking about this. Uh, we are dropping off the children with my parents out in Winterville, and we are keeping them out there. And they are not, I'm not going to make my parents navigate the madness of what's going on. But I feel bad because I know my kid, my son would love. I was about to say, I assume William's going to have things to talk about his therapist at 17 about this. Yeah, about how I didn't take him to game day yeah. and I get it. But like. No, my daughter. No, my daughter's already just like, are you sure I can't come? I'm like, well, mom's got to get sick. Real sick. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a madhouse, man. It's just going to be a, like, to me, like the boys have a soccer game at nine o'clock in the morning. We are taking the soccer game and then we are taking them to Winterville <laughs> and then we will, t- we will think about them again, perhaps maybe at some point. Then you're putting the keys to the car in the lockbox. <laughs> yeah, like, and we are parking and we are done. And I do feel bad because it's funny when you look at the schedule. It seems like it's going to be a while until there's a game day here again. Like just the way it sets up. Texas A&M, me. maybe if they rattle off some victories. No. I don't see them coming back this year. I can't. I, have, they, have they done them before? They've gone twice in the year? They probably have. Oh, they've been to Alabama yeah. four or five times yeah, this season, right. I'm sure. But yeah, it's hard to imagine. Texas A&M would have to just win the rest of their games, right? And I just I can't imagine yeah. it. Well, where, are, where, is, where is Georgia in the run of Texas A&M games? Are Alabama and Auburn first? Oh, Georgia's like the, the penultimate game for Texas A&M. So, it's, so, the, it's the week before. It's it's. Uh, I can't imagine it not being the three thirty kickoff because it is. So if Georgia, but I'm saying Alabama and Auburn are before Georgia for Texas A&M. Yes. yes. So, yeah. but Texas, they play LSU the week after Georgia. Whatever. If they beat Texas, <laughs> if they win both those games, yeah. yes. Uh, they, yeah, they play Auburn this weekend. I think. Otherwise, we're looking at game a long time away yeah. uh, until there's another game day. Perhaps until he's actually a student here. So I feel bad about that, but I'm not messing with that stuff. Like I, I don't want I. I feel like my boys will be there so you can treat them as your own. Yes, <laughs> I already do. For me, you know, I feel bad saying that, but I don't, I, I, don't, I can't, I don't have a ticket for him. So yep. we, gotta, <laughs> we gotta get, sorry guys. But uh, I think if when we're more into it, I might, uh, but he's not. Um, so more to the point, like this is a big deal. Like this is the last thing we're, time we're going to have. This is game day. This is what we've been talking about for a long time to have that experience and to have, you know, Georgia really be the center of the sports world uh, on Saturday is worth noting in that we talked about the differences between what Georgia was now as opposed to what it was two years ago when they played Notre Dame. Look at the differences now between 2013, right? This is the introduction of 
the Death Star to the world. I love how you've mentioned Death Star four or five times already on this yeah. podcast because I, I I completely get what you're saying. And, it's and Tony's I don't phrase, know if so Tony, Tony, Tony yeah. you came up with it. Yeah. I didn't come up with it. That but, is yeah. just I have appropriated it without attribution because <laughs> right. that's how I am. It's funny you talk. You just made that joke about Alabama. You used to get it four times a year. This is what we want, right? This is the idea. Is the big game environment, and it's a shame we're gonna have to wait like seven or eight years to this start happening every year. But this is exciting. Like this is a way for Georgia football now that it's become weaponized, and now that they're investing so much in the program, it is different around here. For mostly better, but still for some worse, I would still argue. But it is obviously different than it was in 2013. And I think people will see that. I think that that is, that is what Georgia wanted, right? They, they've got this. Notre Dame is coming into Georgia as a two-touchdown underdog. Think about that for a second. It is incredible. <laughs> I mean, look, it's been forever since it's been forever since it's been a top 10 matchup, right? Uh, also, Notre Dame is uh, out of in the top 10. Yeah, it's top it's 10 two, it's, it's, out it's, it's, of conference yeah. matchups. I mean, that's been, I want to say, like, since before I was born, mid, mid, early 60s. Oh, here in Sanford Stadium? Yeah, top 10 out of conference matchup. Oh, maybe Clemson? Uh, I don't know. Check I, on that. Either way, it's, it's also like. I mean, no, I'll leave that. Somebody tweet us if they find that it's out. It's not like they're Jim Wood will. They're yelling, yelling. <laughs> it's not like Notre Dame is scheduled to come here again anytime Forever. Soon. Like, this is it. Like, this is. I but mean, I, I like how you mentioned how they'll probably end up showing up here at like 2021 and for and a semifinal. I just, I, you know, I, I, quarterfinal. Look, quarterfinal. I've been really, I've been really like, I don't care if we go to eight games, but that intrigues me about eight games. Just getting a team like that up in here. Yeah, of course. So, um, so, you know, we, we are 13 and a hook against a team that is ranked seventh in the nation in it's Notre Dame yeah. guys. Look, I've watched an awful lot of Georgia football. I was alive for the early 80s. Lots of things could go down Saturday and the rest of the season and change things. We might be in the golden age of Georgia football, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> well, as long as you get a national championship. Well, we get a national championship, but then it's, it's hard to argue. Change. It's hard to argue we aren't on the way. Yeah, but you have to get one. You got to well, no, you Otherwise, gotta get one. it's the sad era of Georgia football. I don't know, man. I, I know you I disagree through, on this. I've lived through some real sad era. I know, but like... This all has gotten pumped up specifically to get one. Well, put it this way: there is a um, there is a, a Western New York Tony right now that will fight you f- to to think that the Buffalo Bills were a failure in the early nineties. I you know I know, but come no, no, on, I know you that know. is not, I know you know the, I know you know. I'm just that saying that is not what Georgia like. That's not what we're building to, and that's the point. I understand that's the point. Like people are not pouring in the money they're pouring in to the Georgia football program to come in second. A to bunch. come in second a bunch. I agree. And I agree. that's why I'm frankly not. I make this comment all the time. I am not envious of Kirby Smart at all because, like, I think about what it takes to get the absolute pinnacle of your profession, which I would argue where Kirby Smart is is right now. Well, if he gets a national championship. But that's the thing. But he is already at the pinnacle of his profession. To do what he's doing, we, we have a whole massive industry of college football coaches who go up through the ranks and go up here and try to impress. And he is in charge of the machine and has weaponized the machine in a way that Mark Richt, for all of his skills, was never able to do. That, it, to me, is the pinnacle of your profession. That yeah. is just that, like, there are three or four coaches in the, the top. If you were to make a list of the top five college football coaches, there is no question that Kirby Smart is on it, which strikes me as the pinnacle of your profession. 
But Nick Saban's going to be fine. Dabo Sweeney's going to be fine because they've won championships. Urban Meyer, for all of his problems, he's fine. Until Kirby Smart wins a championship, with as much as they're weaponizing everything, it's going to be incomplete. And that's what this is for. Like that, this is this is the introduction of Georgia. To an introduction is a bad word, but this is definitely to have game day here. To have this kind of focus, it's not like in 2013. What were they talking about at game day? Mark Richt has put together a great program here. He's just never been able to get over the get top. over the hump. And just the year before, I'm sure that's what we knew what had happened. I'm sure that's exactly what they were talking about. That is not what they're talking about. Here. I mean, that's why Alexa threw a chair out the window. In yeah, Brooklyn. exactly. She didn't, but she almost did. On to onlookers. The story. On the story's better. The story's better if there were poor uh, stro- uh, <laughs> on Wimbush Avenue. Stro- no, it's not Wimbush. <laughs> and um, that's the difference. Is 2013, you're talking about Georgia as a program that, oh, man, they got so close. They just got to get there. Now you're talking about them as in the Alabama Clemson tier. And it doesn't matter if they never win the national championship, but that would be an argument to your golden age of Georgia football, the fact that that's where they are. I can't argue with that at all. Are you all ready? Sure. Okay, so I'm going to give you all a choice. Okay. Do you want to do podcast reviews slash questions first? Buy or sell or trivia. So also, can I do a plug real fast? Yeah, absolutely. Pick up the digital program. I, I feel like I'm part of the machine now because I wrote something for the official Georgia uh, Notre Dame official program. Will is the man. Yes, the digital program. They asked me to do it, and uh, I made a reference to stoners in my piece, and they cut it, which I suppose I can't blame them for. It is a public university, after all. But uh, nevertheless, uh, if you pick up the digital program, which I, what I understand is going to have some actual physical copies that are going to be around. But if you have the digital program, the lead essay is by me about what it means to have Notre Dame here for the city of Athens. So uh, pick that up. Uh, Scott will appreciate they forgot to put a byline on it, but there is a tagline. Scott's like, so if what's you, a byline? Yeah, so if you know, Scott knows what a byline is now. I do now. Uh, but if you if you read the piece, at the end there's a tagline saying this uh, all the stuff that I do. So And there was a shout-out to Wade since last Saturday. Oh, nice. Is it really? Now I'm right? interested. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, right there. Will Leach is a contributing editor of New York Magazine, host of the Will Leach Show for Sports Illustrated, a national correspondent for MLB, and the founder of Deadspin. He ho- also co-hosts a weekly Georgia football podcast, waiting since last Saturday. He lives in Athens <laughs> with his wife, two sons, and 11 mistresses. It makes oh, me... So you're... What? You're the, I can't believe they put that in there. That was a joke. So I see you're... Uh, you're Tony and I are looking at each other King going of like, the Israelites, David, <laughs> with your concubines. Tony and I are looking at each other as he's continuing to read all these... Uh, I did not poop what, myself yeah. today. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, like, <laughs> how would you describe me? It'd pay, probably take, like, two sentences. Yeah. So. Tony Waller <laughs> did not crap myself today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump into buy or sell. Notre Dame edition. That's what I wrote. I wrote that down. <laughs> I, like the, I like that you... Dun, dun, dun! You, you gave us a look and like, can you believe I just added that part? <laughs> yes, I can believe you added that part. They are playing Notre Dame. It is a big game. I feel like I have to tell a dad joke now. <laughs> I want that. I want that. I, what, I is, want, what, does a, what does a giraffe always order? next year. I want that next year when it's like, okay, now it's time for... Buy or sell. The, East Tennessee State Edition. Prairie View A&M Edition. <laughs> All right. Buy or sell. There will be greater than 10,000 Notre Dame fans sell. at Sanford Stadium. Sell. Remember, it's a nationwide fan base. Sell. Buy. 10,000 seems a scooch low. I would say, I would say it's too late for him. 
They added 500 seats. It's too and late. it's too late in the evening. There's a lot of tickets for sale. Blue will be all not, and it's also not as expensive, even close to expensive as that game in South Bend. Guys, it's Saturday night. Blue Bloods is on. Uh, it is, so I was talking to a friend of mine who is involved in the ticket industry, and <laughs> this is a, a public service announcement for everyone uh, <laughs> listening. Uh, word is out. Felicen, Georgia fans, is in. Yeah, this, that is generally what everybody understands now, is you can fleece Georgia fans. Easy. Very, very easy. So keep that in mind uh, on all things. And that's particularly for road games, but obviously home games as well. I, I don't think tickets are oppressively expensive. Like, obviously, get in price is high, but it doesn't strike me... You can get in for $350 right now. You can get in for less than that. If you're coming, buy the tickets off StubHub and be done with it. I agree. I absolutely agree. That is an excellent piece of advice because people always want to get cute and they want to go, what's going on Craigslist and I got it? And just don't. Like, go to StubHub, go to SeatGeek. They're verified. You do not have to worry about it. It's uh, whatever, uh, whatever good price you're getting, it's a bad price if you're not actually getting in the game. Shout out to... uh, to, to AJD on Twitter, who uh, had to deal with this stuff last in Vanderbilt. All right, buy or sell. Kirby has a headset rage stroke in the first half. Hmm. Ooh. He had one last week. I'm up 55 s- nothing. Selling. Not in the first half, though. Second, yeah, half. second half. Second half, I can see one. First half, I'm selling. Though, I don't know. It's almost better when it happens in the first half because then, you know, he's just stroking out as opposed to second half where it's like, oh. Performance art. Are things going wrong? <laughs> like, are they, like the second half, a, a rage stroke in the second half makes you think maybe something is actually wrong. Whereas a rage stroke in the first half is a, oh, we're up 40 points on Murray State, but I'm really mad about this thing right now. I'm still going to sell, but whatever. Humans should not speak to other humans like that. I don't care whether or not I still think they're football coaches or not. I'm not That's a weird way to speak to another human. I'm not 100% certain that he's speaking to anybody. Yeah. I still think he's talking. Yeah. It's still, it's still yeah. some stuff he probably should share with us there. Or, or do you think there's like a house line where like the vein starts to pop out of his forehead? Yeah, and they and just, someone's uh, like, mute, mute everything. <laughs> Hit the mute button so nobody hears Yeah, it. Scott Sinclair unplugs yeah. the, the transmitter. Yeah, that's <laughs> the equivalent of muting someone on Twitter. They're just yeah. so mad, and uh, they think that everybody hears them. But nobody actually is saying that. Buy or sell the movie Rudy. Oh, buy. Oh, buy. Buy. Sean, uh, will lead show guest Sean Astin uh, is uh, an awesome dude. I am very pro Rudy. And in fact, I'm very anti Joe Montana as being a Rudy was just a guy. We were making fun of him. Screw off, Joe Montana. We love, uh, everybody loves Rudy. He's just mad Vince Vaughn didn't play him in the movie. Um, So, swingers exist. Because of Rudy. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Swingers yeah. fan exists because Rudy, because Vince Vaughn and John Favreau are both in the film yep. and met on they set. They met on set. And became good pets. I will buy only because I don't care if Rudy was offsides. Oh, he was offsides. He sacked the Georgia Tech quarterback, so I'll allow it. Yeah. It is worth remembering that Georgia Tech is the team that happens again. Um, also, yeah, they will. I, also, I, did you guys I'm see that, what Georgia Tech did in football last weekend? Did you they guys came in second to the Citadel, which, you know, <laughs> it just proves they're patriots. Mm-hmm. I love. For the record, this 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 Citadel football stadium is right next to where the Charleston River Dogs uh, play baseball. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to a game there. Citadel looks like a fun place to see a game. It's also the uh, the alma mater of Frank Underwood. It is alma mater Frank Underwood. <laughs> Buy or sell betting on college football and the reasons I give. Maryland was favored last week after just demolishing their first two opponents. They were I don't even know what they were. They were favored over Temple. 
They ended up losing straight up. And then the other one that came to mind was Arkansas State, Georgia over under was 58 and the game ended 55 nothing. So buy or sell betting on college football when you know you've got a sweet and juicy line to win on. I sell. I work with college students, no chance. You know how I feel about gambling. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, You're a big fan. Yes, I love. It's totally enjoyable for me to take this diversionary activity that allows me to escape all of the worries and troubles of the of the world and just enjoy it and put a financial thing on it. uh, Just because I'm otherwise slightly bored, Uh, I I think I'm just going to go ahead and enjoy the game. Look, I like gambling, but not on college football. You need something that's high. That's high percentage for you to win. Like blackjack. Yes, blackjack. No, no, that's not. Or that's craps. That's or isn't it a roulette? I think roulette is supposed to be the highest percentage. No, no it's the craps. rules are craps. It's craps. No. It's craps. Well, craps. If you play it right. Yeah. You play it right. And craps if you play blackjack right. Yeah. Blackjack right, you're only going to lose about 1%. No, blackjack, the only way you win a blackjack is by being smartly risky. Like you have to double that. You win. You win a blackjack when, when they're showing you, a five or a six, guys, and you get eleven. You, double. you cannot win a blackjack. The very best strategy, unless you yeah. can actually count cards, like really count cards over multiple shoes, is about you're you're about one percent down. Hit your double down and then leave the table. That's no. That is. He's right. That's how you he's win right. a blackjack. That's how you have fun at blackjack. Right. right, right. Um, yeah, it's craps. It's okay. not roulette. Buy or sell Tom Rinaldi, Ivan Mazel, Gene Wojciechowski doing stories on college game day that make you cry. I, look, I am a sucker for for those stories. Um, so buy, but you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest college game day fan. I, I am honest. actually not either. There was a time where I really liked it. Now it feels like it's all it's it, it's become so big now, and it's become like a. Do you like the special. bear? I don't. I have to say, I, of those three, I will take Mizell and Wojciechowski over Rinaldi. Rinaldi oh, 100%. Yeah, yes. I don't think there's any question about that, particularly Mizell. But I would argue that Ivan's stories are... If they're, they, if they're, they're well done. They're if they're jerking yeah. they've earned it. Yeah. Rinaldi is very much of a... Like, Rinaldi is the soft-focus, Olympic, uh, quick little, like... Look at what, like, I always imagine, like, I always imagine, like, if something big happens in my life, Tom Rinaldi deciding that, like, I'm, like, a subject, he's going to be like, so, like, was your dad mean to you? No, 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 we got along okay. Did you gain weight in high school? Yeah, no, I mean, I was generally <laughs> of an average weight. Of, I was, I mean, I would have liked to have been in college. Shape, sure. You must have really drank in college. I would say I got up a little bit, but, you know, I worked my way through. He's like, why won't you give me something to make people cry about? Whereas I feel like when I myself does a story, it is, there's a legitimate to it. I find what Rinaldi does to be honest a little gimmicky even when the stories are touching i find it very very today show whereas i would i would argue that that what mizell and to a slightly lesser extent wojciechowski do is uh is more in the actual world of journalism who was the who was the guy that tweeted like who is this tom rinaldi guy and then he had to interview him like right after that that was actually really funny and i thought rinaldi handled that really who was that Uh, that was who was that um yeah i saw that it was recent yeah it was very recent pft commenter yeah i forget who it was it wasn't pft commenter but it was very funny and i thought rinaldi had a good sense of humor about that okay buy or sell fourth quarter passes at sanford stadium where you missed the third quarter to see the fourth quarter up in the sky suite I mean, I've never done it, so the reason why you have to miss the third quarter, you got to get in the line. We did the we did it the first That's week. A, this is super bougie question. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I, I only ask it because we did that, and I was really annoyed. I was grateful to be up there for the Murray like State game, right, right. but I had to stand in line 
for a whole I mean, quarter. I've been in the suites. I've just never done the fourth quarter pass. I, I have to say, I would spend that entire time in line really, really antsy and trying to get the game streaming on my phone. That's what I did. And yeah, like I, I mean, if we're up by 50, sure. Perfect. It feels like by the, the yeah, crap. But it still feels like the equivalent of that weird little section where you can not have a TV and buy a beer in that little room. It's like, oh, well, I'm at, except you don't even get the beer. <laughs> You're just in line. You are not line. watching the game. Yeah. Okay, buy or sell Georgia bye week after the Notre Dame game. Sure, got to have bye weeks. It's a good time for yeah. it. It's a, it's a good time for it. Yeah, it's right before Tennessee. It's after Notre Dame. Okay, buy or sell Myers Quad as the set for game day. I, okay, fine. Is it's, that where it was last time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the only the only concern I have with it is it forces some people down to over to our tailgate area and just gets a little crowded. Um, speaking of Georgia basketball, it's going to have another huge crowd. So. It's going to be interesting. Well, what's what's uh, George Bass, the basketball tailgate? I assume they'll be there because I, I've, I've seen several yeah. tweets of yeah. guys coming on campus. Were they for, there uh, last week? They were. Okay. Not last week, two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, see, I didn't see them. I wasn't at your tailgate last week, but yeah. I didn't see them at Murray State. Murray State, State early. there. Yeah. Okay. Buy or sell. Segmania, by the way, is coming. Segmania is very Is this, is this real? Okay. What's that? Segmania. Segmania yeah, is that's, coming that's in a couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. Buy or sell celebrity guest pickers on college hmm. game day. I mean,. I have a list of. Uh, it's almost like they're running out of people. Yeah, but if you get a good one, it is. It okay. can be fun. Okay, it is. Let me build on this. this. is amazing. Yeah, and like I think McConaughey in Austin yeah, is a really sure. good. One. But uh, okay, what do you let have me some? build on this? So I'm going to give uh, Savannah Lee uh, credit for this. She came up with some ideas, and she writes for Dawn of the Dog. Yeah. Uh, so I found this online. So thanks, Savannah, for these. I suggestions. don't know Dawn of the Dog. What, what is it's it? a blog. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to read that. Yeah, it's good. Um, so I'm going to, we'll just do a buy, buy or sell on these suggestions. Okay. Vince Dooley. Yeah. Why not I mean, it, it seems, that seems an obvious choice, so I'm not <laughs> going to be against it, but, uh, so I'll, I think I'll they can do better because I mean, look, okay. I love coach. Dooley, I don't think they but... can do better. I think they can do bigger. Would be yeah. Okay. All right. How about Herschel Walker? That seems buy. the obvious pick. I, 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 I'd like to be more inventive than that, but yeah, that seems like a good buy. What if you did a combination of Goldberg and or Ric Flair? Why Ric Flair? Because if you can he, get Goldberg, you get Goldberg. Okay, I, I subscribe to that. I listen. I like Goldberg. I'm so not, buy Goldberg, you, sell Ric Flair. You know, I'm not a wrestling guy, <laughs> but like Goldberg to me is he played football in Georgia. Yeah, it's like really cool. And I have to say, if I, I would say why Ric Flair, if Ric Flair says yes, you get Ric Flair. I will okay, confess. Fine. I will confess. That's why you get Ric Flair. Fine. Okay, buy or sell Mike Mills of REM. I love Mike Mills. Look, I'm, I'm, I know what you're about to say. Yeah, I think you need. I'll put it this way: you need the whole band. And Burtis has given me no hints that that's happening. So yeah, uh, no, Burtis. If you get Stipe, Band, Buck, and Barry, yeah, yes, but, I love Mike look, Mills. Look, but Mills need, would be hilarious. He would be great, but yeah, and I would buy that. But I just don't. I I'm would with, buy it. Yeah. I would. Like, uh, everyone older and younger than me would not care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, buy or sell Luke Bryan and Jason sell, Aldean. Sell, sell, sell. Okay. I think uh, they've done it before. My hat's on frontwards. All right. Mine's backwards. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not wearing that. Just buy or sell Quavo. Quavo would be interesting. Um, uh, Lil Nas X. What does he have to do with Georgia? Whatever, He's man. from Atlanta. Is he? Yes. Oh. Uh, is he from Atlanta? I, I better know. Google that. Yeah, yeah, get ready for that. I think he is. So, 
I mean, Cueva's been on the sidelines for game, especially during the 2017 season. I say bye. I, I, I say I, I would. I'll say bye. All right, and then finally, a grudge match for the Georgia side, Bubba Watson. For the Notre Dame side, Patrick Reed. I mean, Sal, <laughs> you know what I feel about golf. You know how I feel about Patrick Reed. Well, it's because he went to Georgia and he's why. not liked. Yes. And he showed up to the Georgia-Notre Dame game wearing a Notre Dame hat. All right, so we don't know. We don't know who's going to be it. I wouldn't be surprised. Do we have a guess? I guess uh, my guess is is, is, is Herschel or Dooley. Yeah. 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 Who was it in thirteen? Do we know? Probably Herschel. Um, Luke Bryan. I don't remember. Or Jason Aldean. It no, might have been here, here. Vamp a little bit, and I'll uh, and I'll, I'll look it up. We're okay. Vamping, All right. Well, vamping. this this buyer sells mainly for Tony. Okay. Cool. All right, Tony buyer sell. A friend of mine sent me out a tailgate menu about what they're going to be having okay. for the Notre Dame game, and so I wanted to see if you would buy or sell this. Omaha Steaks and Omaha Steaks Cheeseburgers. Sell. Everyone bring favorite chips and dips. Fresh veggies and dips available. Baked beans and the world's largest cookie cake, along with a pony keg of Bud Light. Are you serious? I'm serious. I mean, look, you do you. But first off, you lost me at Omaha Steaks. Second off. We were very excited about these Omaha Look, I'm not buying steaks out of the back of a truck at the mall. (laughs) I mean, look, you do you. I get it. I get it. I really do get it. Um, that was a big selling point in this email that I got. The Omaha Steaks? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look, you do. I mean, look, I'm, I don't do steaks at the tailgate mainly because they're expensive for the size <laughs> but of the But not crowd. Omaha Steaks. Um, I guess Omaha Steaks aren't. Um, so, you know, this week we're having barbecue pork and Google beans and um, veggies and mac and cheese and dessert. And, you know, I, look, I, I'm not a fan of the beers and... You know, if you want to have a pony keg, I don't know if you're going to drink after 2 p.m., but whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, that does it for buy or sell. And I don't, look, I applaud you for hosting a tailgate. You get after it the way you get after it. Will? Um, I'm, I'm You're so, efforting? He's still looking. He's, he's falling down the wormhole. I've not hole. found it yet. Though someone came up with an excellent idea. Kyle Chandler. Oh, Kyle Chandler yeah. Chandler would be an yeah. awesome, awesome pick. Or what about uh, uh, Newman? Yeah, if Wayne Knight was also uh, listed. Oh, I wonder if he did it in 13. No. I don't know. Kyle Chandler oh. would be... What about... Um, I mean, he, was, awesome. he was great in that baseball movie in the 90s. Alton Brown? Alton Brown wouldn't be bad. Although... Ryan Seacrest? But, nah, sell, done. Sell, done. sell, sell, done. He did, uh, he did inv- convoca- invocation, convocation yeah. a couple years ago. All right, let's yeah, well, move that's, to that's, trivia. That's a cross that this <clears throat> university has to bear. All right, uh, trivia. Okay, total offense. Notre Dame ranks 22nd in FBS over two games, of course, at 507 yards per game. Georgia ranks 7th in FBS at 565 yards per game. Can you name me at least two schools who rank ahead of Georgia in 2019 in total offense? At least two of the six schools out of the two or three games they've played. I'll go first. Wisconsin. No. In total offense? Is this, total is this offense. a per-game basis? No. Is it per game? Yes. It's average yards per game, total offense, huh. rankings through the first two or three games, however many, however many games they've played. Uh, Ohio State? No. Hmm. UCF? Yes. UCF ranks third at 604 yards per game. Okay. I don't know why I keep picking Big Ten schools. All we need is just one more. That doesn't seem right. Alabama? No. I'm not picking Clemson because of the 24 to 6 thing. Um, Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma is number one at 677 yards per game. Number two is Utah State, 657. Number four is Louisville, 590. And guess who one of the teams they played? Notre Dame. Uh, Number five is Arizona. Khalil Tate, 586 yards per game. And the team right ahead of Georgia is the head coach that Tennessee could have hired, but yet. Mike damn leach washington state 567 yards they could have had mike leach guys that was dumb enough to say washington state it was terrible terrible one say all right so this is going to be the fun part of trivia and i want to thank i was struggling with the trivia questions today and then i got just this glorious tweet from our friend shan at tnrlm suggesting that i talk a little bit or do a little trivia about game day locations yeah he says game day is here on Saturday. They went to Iowa State last week. Now there are only 10 Power 5 schools from which game day has not originated. I Can you like name me? We've had this discussion. We have, but it's been a while. Yeah. So there are 10 Power 5 schools that game day has never hosted at. Can you name any of them? I will go first. Okay. The sad, obvious answer, Illinois. That's correct. Illinois has not hosted a college game day. So it's on the table, man. But the damn emus... Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota. That's correct. Row the boat is never hosted. Will? Speaking of a team that had the opportunity to do it but didn't, Syracuse? Syracuse is never hosted as well. And they would have hosted. That's right. They would but played. Iowa State had never hosted, so they got it. I'm that. glad that El Asico got the, the game. That was also like a, not only a really good game, but a very Iowa-Iowa State game. Yeah, it took like nine hours <laughs> it took to like complete. nine hours. It was rainy. The score was like it weird was the most El ever. Yeah, it was really fun. That was, that was good. And good um, for Iowa, man. Listen. I was I was a good team. Never hosted game day. I think ACC. Yeah, I was sitting here thinking. There's Wake a Forest. lot. Yeah, Wake Forest. Duke. Duke. NC State. No. Ah, uh, bang! I win, but I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> Virginia. That's correct. Now think former ACC. Kansas. Oh, Mar- no, Maryland. Maryland. And then former Kansas has hosted one. Huh? Kansas has as well. No. Oh, okay. Kansas has not. You got the one, and then there's uh, two more. There's a Pac-12 and a... Oregon State. No. And a current Big Ten team that used to not be in the Big Ten and seems kind of weird that they are. Rutgers. Rutgers. Um, And Pac-12 team... Going to Oxford. Oh, Cal. Cal. Has never hosted. So... To build, oh, go, you had. Bubba Watson was the guest picker in 2013. Oh, okay. Well, it's now. Yeah. It won't be that. Where'd you find that? I looked forever. On Google. Because I'm good at Google. I was also using Google. I know you are. I'm just, I'm just really. <laughs> I wasn't like. It's one of my spiritual yeah. gifts. I wasn't like Alta Vista. It's not getting me where I need to go. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> All right. So the Times, here's, a, here's a, another trivia question for you. Georgia's hosting game day this weekend. In case hey, you, yeah. What? In case we have not we, brought that up. In case we weren't talking about it. Four to five seconds ago. <laughs> How many times has Georgia been one of the teams on the game day broadcast? And the follow-up is how many times has Georgia hosted game day? Well, the last time was Florida-Georgia, right? Uh, so Sorry, Georgia-Florida. Damn, dude. Sorry. Um, so first, answer how many so times? We've, we've hosted four times. That's correct. So well, What are the games? Tell, please. LSU. Mm-hmm. In 2013. Tennessee. In 1998. God, what were the what was the what were those two games? Um, There's only one more because we're hosting our fourth time. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's that? right. Um, think black jerseys. Oh, is it Auburn? No. Boise State. No. Bama, 2008. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. blanked that entire... Why did... Oh, wow. did we talked about this before, why they didn't, they didn't get uh, game day, the day of the Alabama... In 15? Yeah. They were uh, at Clemson, Notre Dame. Clemson, Notre Dame. That's right. That's right. And a pouring down it, rainstorm. Yeah, it rained Covers here. It, rained but here. it really rained there. So how many times has Georgia been on game day? I'm going to go with nine. Because the number of times they've been at Georgia, Florida, I'm going to go. Wait, are we counting like the SEC championship game? Anytime that okay. they've been. So because they were. I mean, sure. that's the most recent yeah. time. Was it, well, they went to Florida, Georgia. But they, they were the SEC championship game. Right. So I'm going to go with. 20, 20. I'm going to go with 15. The answer is 22. Wow. Okay. I was just sitting here thinking about the number of times I've been at Georgia, Florida. Yeah. I've written they, them out. Okay, let's hear uh, I did. Okay, you, you, let's think, you think some other podcasts have stats? We have stats, what? too. Who else has stats? I don't know. Um, so they hosted... I mean, nine, they're obviously a I don't need to go through all that. was... Like, that's okay. We can say their name. Five Auburn, They're right? great, but they're Oh, they are. Us. They're good friends of ours. Um, 1995 okay. was the first time. We're it was, uh, I went to this game. It was Georgia at Tennessee. At Tennessee, okay. Uh, Georgia lost 30-27. Yeah. to 27. So my follow-up question to this, since Georgia has been on game day or hosted game day or been involved with game day 21 times... Because Saturday will be the 22nd. What's Georgia's record? We've when only college... won once if you listen to the dog vent. <laughs> what's Georgia's record when they're on college game day? And then the follow-up is what's Georgia's record at home on college game day? At home is two and two. Well, we're one and two. We're one and two. So the only one was LSU? The only yep. win at home. Yeah. Well, so you're welcome. Out of the other 21 well, times. It was you. You're welcome. You're the difference maker. I know. Um... The rest of the time, we're a shade under 500. I mean, let's go with 10 and 12. Or 10 and 11. Try 6 and 15. That's not close. That's not close. Woof. Yeah. By the way, I'm just saying this. uh, Game day has nothing to do with that. Okay. Bike jerseys had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Georgia. Herb Street. Herb Street does. Another follow-up question, trivia question on this game day thing. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm on the stand. I know. Yeah. There's an older gentleman that puts on headgear mm-hmm. for the teams that he. You mean former Indiana selects. coach Lee yeah. Cosa? So, how many times has Georgia won when Lee Corso picks them? Um. Once. Georgia is zero and four. When Lee Corso picks Georgia to win, oh crap, we're gonna lose on game day. <laughs> Changes, and he puts the headgear on when he whenever he oh, does a bulldog. Yeah, he didn't pick us against LSU. He picked us against. Well, obviously, but he picked us in 1998 when they hosted on top of the Tate Center. Yeah, uh, Tennessee, Georgia. Tennessee won 22 to three. He picked Georgia in 2002, Georgia, Florida, where we lost 20 to 13. He picked Georgia to win versus Florida in 2005, and Georgia lost 14 to 10. He also picked Georgia August in 20, uh, 2013 against Clemson at Clemson. Georgia loses 38 to 35, and that's he's the last really time. Close. That's yeah. the last time he's picked Georgia. So to end all of this, Georgia has faced one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams on College Game Day. Can you name? 
those eight teams. Well, obviously Clemson, Tennessee. Clemson, Tennessee. LSU. LSU. Alabama. Alabama. Florida. Florida. Auburn. Auburn. Hold on. How many is that? Six. You need two more. At six, we need two more. Well, Notre Dame, if we're counting. Well, if we're counting that, sure. Are we counting it? No. Okay. Notre Dame. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Can you list the ones we've said so far? You've said Tennessee, Bama, Florida, LSU, Auburn, and Clemson. Any of them out of conference? Yes. One. One's out of conference. Boise State? No. It's a good guess, though. Hell of a guess. Out of conference. It's kind of not fair. Oklahoma Rose Bowl, State. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So then I was going to say Oklahoma State, but Oklahoma, yeah. There's one more SEC team. They've played them twice on game day. We've played them twice? Yeah. One more SEC team. South Kakalaki? South Carolina. Hmm, really? Both of them there. And for what it's worth, Georgia has a losing record to all of those teams on game day except Oklahoma, where they're 1 0. And 1 0. We've lost to South Carolina on game day? We're, we have a 500 record. Sorry. Oh. I, spoke. I didn't realize that there was some sort of. That this was so yeah. dark. Yeah. And, uh, no. Well, no, no. Trust me. There was a whole thing over game day coming here for the LSU game. Wow. And how they did not know the fans did not want to come in 15, right? 13. No, against Alabama. Oh, right, 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 right. Because those are the two games. I do remember that. Yeah. I mean, those are the facts, you know, and it's not pretty. So it's just time to rewrite a little bit of history or update history. There, it's it's, it's correlation, not causation. You lose this game, uh, I am concerned. No, come on, Will. Don't be that guy. For what it's worth, game day was at two Georgia games last year. Jacksonville when yep. Georgia beat Florida and SEC, SEC championship, championship game. Yeah. I don't remember what happened in that game. Yeah, never happened. Podcast reviews. It rained. We got two on the iTunes. The first one is a five-star review uh, from Yay. the Audible Psy. That's his name. Uh, title of it is... <laughs> t- I thought for folks, the guys at the Audible listen. <laughs> title of it is Great Podcast. And he says, Great Podcast for everything UJ football or her. Informative and entertaining. Thinks outside the box. Okay. Ah, and we got another five-star review titled. Satisfied, si. Yeah. Five-star review titled Sip On by Lofi Alatuna Thunder. He's a common uh, tweeter at us, so we appreciate that. Thanks, man. He says, I happened on these guys at some point in 2018, and since then they have become a part of my essential trinity of UGA information along with Seth Emerson and Chapel Bell Curve. Scott's low-key structure, Tony's background knowledge, and Will's literary sensibilities are a great huh. confluence of UGA fandom and banter. And I must say, Lofi, Alatuna, I love how you describe my low-key structure because that is my structure does need some help at times. No, wasn't it's low-key. No, wasn't I know. Wasn't there a Notre Dame question last week? Yes, there skipped? was. Okay. It was from Mark I, yeah, I hate Reagan. Somebody, yeah. That's true. I need to go to that. Mark Reagan asks... Not sure if Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast is doing a Q&A this week or next, but I need advice from Tony and the crew on what my tailgating timeline strategy should be for the Notre Dame game. Setup time, drink choice, and pace. Optimal location. And he put a gif of help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. <laughs> um, you from should Star Wars. You should. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Will so excited for himself. It's from Star Wars. Um, so you should set up at 7 a.m. Um, like it's, we've that's already talked rule in general, but I mean, yeah. that's, that's my load star. 
we've already talked about the number of people that's going to be here. Anything after 10 o'clock is going to be dicey. Uh, parking's going to be nuts. Driving on the streets are going to be nuts. Um, like we're breaking down the tailgate at 630-ish. We've already told the person that's coming to pick up our kids to be there no later than 6. They should leave their house at 5. Yes. It's just that simple. Do drink what you want or don't drink what you want. I mean, I I have grown enough to the point where I did not openly mock someone with a pony keg of Bud Light. So clearly I'm not going to make fun of whatever it is you drink. Um, and the trick on this is it is a marathon. You will hit a wall at mile 20. The key to pushing through the wall for I'm told that people have run marathons will have done half marathons, which means it's 10 miles for him. Um, is that you just power through. You you just got to mentally put yourself in the position that I can do this. The payoff, of course, is an 8 o'clock kickoff at Sanford Stadium in the night with the new LED lights against Notre Dame, a top 10 kickoff. I feel like I had to power through to the Notre Dame game back in two years ago. Like there was some... Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, you bring up a good point. We... Uh, we came out of the gate strong with that. We had a great breakfast. We, uh, I think we, I think we won the day. Yeah. We did great. Yeah, me, me, and, me and Paul got sidetracked a little bit uh, on that day, but uh, we, we sidetracks are not terrible. Yeah, but we, we went back and attacked the day uh, appropriately, but not people. No, <laughs> why would you attack people? All right, at- <laughs> only days deserve to be attacked. <laughs> Screw days. At Brohamp asks. Waiting since I started your podcast, how deep do you think our defensive back rotation will be on Saturday? Uh, somewhere from two to nine. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, I like I, I don't think I, I don't think some of the guys that played late in the fourth quarter will play. So you don't I, see Lewis Seen coming in. That's going to be surprising. Yeah, uh, things are going really well yeah. or or bad if that happens. But you know, look, we're, I think we'll see six six seven guys. Get ahead uh, late in Notre Dame getting desperate. You may see all of them at one time. <laughs> they start. They, they George just run the really, really interesting 3-8. Yeah, you're a Hail Mary. At Jim Wood PMP, at Waiting Since Last Saturday Podcast, I'm sure this is already on Scott's list, but I've seen students, not the school, calling for a blackout. I'm usually all in for such things, but with <laughs> two-storied programs colliding and what may be a once-in-a-lifetime home game, red feels right. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. What's their name wearing? White, I assume? I would think they would wear white yeah, with white gold, gold helmets. Pants, gold helmets, gold well, I assume they're wearing gold helmets. Or, or green pants. They're not wearing the uh, the Yankee Stadium. No. Uh, <laughs> no. I will write, personally. <laughs> that, that, I have to say, I would find that, even as a Yankee myself, personally offensive. If they, I would be offended. They used that offensive. against Syracuse last year yeah. when they played in the Yankee Stadium. I, I, I agree with Will here, is that that's not happening until we hang a banner at Sanford Stadium. Shan, again, he's a frequent tweeter for this podcast, uh, at TNRLM. Going to enjoy my time near the top while it lasts. And he sent a screenshot of his ranking for uh, Fun Office Pools. He is tied for second. Tied for second. So he's just tooting his own horn. Look, I'm sneaking up there. I'd also like to give a shout-out to at Paul Smith UGA 95 He sent a couple photos of his uh, family wearing pink for Wendy. Hashtag wear pink for Wendy. He said that um, he had seen our tailgate and wondered if if that was us when he strolled by. Yeah, I think he tailgates over on Tailgate Island. Yeah. And then finally... I got to give a shout out to our man, James Lawson, 87. He sent a video of him making this amazing sketch 
and he said, I did this for week one of college football, but really appreciated your charge this past week to make stuff on your own. Will's charge. From, yeah, from that, which, which creatively inspires you, and he thought we might enjoy it. I retweeted it from our uh, podcast Twitter if you have not <laughs> seen it. It's amazing. James is one of the most talented pencil drawers. It's incredible. Uh, he drew it's Sanford Stadium. Wild. It's pretty fantastic. And so, uh, yeah, I think that was cool because we were talking about Hunter Jones' um, mm-hmm. uh, mock-up as yeah, uh, digital yeah. art. Yeah. So, yeah, keep them keep flowing. I mean, we're all creative here, right? I know I am. I mean, I talk into a Will microphone. Is. I talk to the box. And yeah. I type really quickly. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, honestly, like, this is just more proof once again that there are no better listeners than the listeners of the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm with, I'm with Will. So you want to get into fun office pools? Let's do fun office pools. Where are we situated from the ranking standpoint? Oh, where are we ranked? Yes. I don't know. You're going to have I mean, to clearly stall. I've looked, so I know I'm not bringing it up just for... Oh, you're not good? You're not good? Okay, well, you know, well, if, if you, if I'm you, the opposite of not good. If you're looking, uh, have that a lot of minutes. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that was a bad loss. The worst part about that loss was they actually came back and like after a horrible game and they Illinois was facing I get lovely Smith this. <laughs> Illinois was facing a fourth and like fifteen from their own nine with like two forty five left and two timeouts. And most most people punt at that point. I don't think they should, but most people punt. He did not punt, and he got the first down, and they came all the way down and came back and tied the game, and it was awesome. And then Eastern Michigan just ran right down the field, threw his famed cover two, and um, and kicked the field goal to win the game down the stretch. Um, I we when we previewed this game last week, I said the worst part about being in that position is like every game, like Illinois, if Illinois loses Nebraska next week, whatever they're probably going to lose Nebraska. But you have to when you're trying to get to six. Those games are so huge when you lose a home to Eastern Michigan. So third straight year, Eastern Michigan has beaten a Big Ten team. Unfortunately, it was our turn. So the standings after uh, week three, Ray, 136, leads the way. He's got a 20-10 and 10 record with 139 points. Uh, Born to Bark and Shan are tied for second at 137 points. If you scroll down... You see in 21st place, that's Mr. Tony Waller with 132 Yay! points. You're only seven points off the it's lead. only. Yeah. And then Will is tied for 50th with 124 points. And I had a bad week, um, 79th with 119 points. So let's get into the picks. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. That's a better week this week. All right. It's a, it's a great week this week. I apologize for putting Alabama Southern Miss on there. Um, Everybody needs to get me. I intended to not put them on there this morning and just got busy and wasn't able to change that. I'm so. picking Alabama. Do you want to talk about the Big Ten pillow fight of the week or the SEC pillow fight of the week? Let's start well, with Big sir, Ten. Nobody cares about you're that. So Nebraska at Illinois. Nebraska is favored by the same margin that Georgia's favored over Notre Dame. 13 and a half? Yeah. Uh, that seems a little high, to be honest. Uh, I agree. I, I have to tell you, um, I think I don't think Illinois is going to win this game. But that was—I mean, Lovey is now officially on coaching for his life. Death watch, mode, and he's not on death watch. Oh, well, he's on. He's, you shouldn't say that. But he's, he's not on death watch. He's on death watch if they suddenly find themselves two and six. Then he's on death watch. And right? lost every game by forty-five to three. 
No, I think at two and six, I think he's on death watch, okay. even if they're close. Uh, two and six would be bad. Friend, I got some messages for you. Yeah. But, we'll get schedule. And I do think, I think that they will be up for this. I think they are a better team. I think they are better than Eastern Michigan. I don't think they're going to win, but I do think they keep that within two touchdowns. It's the game of Champagne. Yes. Yes. It's the exact same time as the George Notre Dame game. Give me Illinois. Boy, I'm going to go with Nebraska. I need to get some points. Do you think people week. will be excited if Georgia loses to Notre Dame? But I come out of the stadium being like, "But Illinois beat Nebraska." <laughs> no, don't don't try that. There are people who will be excited. No, they'll be in Athens. <laughs> yes. All right. The SEC pillow fight of the week: Tennessee goes to Florida. Uh, Florida's favored by two touchdowns with trash. Trask. Trash. Trash. No, trash is right. By the way, before I get into this, if you watch SEC Shorts, you need to go watch SEC Shorts, uh, their ultimate troll job, uh, Florida versus Kentucky. You just, I just can't pick Tennessee. There's no chance. I mean, it's not there's no chance. I mean, look, Kyle Trask, I mean, he led them back. Yeah, right. I mean, when when you saw France get hurt, you thought, oh my God, Kentucky's going to get a winning streak against Florida. And, he played he was serviceable or better i just can't pick tennessee i mean i want the officials to win this game but i can't pick tennessee yeah florida's pick michigan at wisconsin this is like the big okay michigan game right like this is michigan this is the year it's supposed to all come together for them wisconsin looks awesome I'm going to go against the grain a little bit on this. I'm going to go ahead and pick Michigan in this. I, wow. Everyone is so up on Wisconsin. They looked great, and Michigan hasn't, but, like, there's so much riding. I'm sorry. I know we all like to make fun of Harbaugh, and we, with good reason. The guy is still a good coach and knows what he's doing. I'm going to regret it, but I'm taking Michigan. He drinks milk with a steak. <laughs> Give me Bucky Badger. Okay, uh, the bounce-back get-right game of the week in the SEC. Kentucky travels to Starkville. Both of them had extremely disappointing losses last week. Mississippi State's favored by a touchdown. That is a, such a bummer of a loss for Kentucky, man. It was. That's such a bummer. I mean, and Mississippi State, like losing yeah. to Kansas State. Yeah, but Kentucky is, your coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to take Mississippi State. I am, too. Me, too. Okay, um, the Cal Bears go for a 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff to Ole Miss. <laughs> Ole Miss. Dude, this game is so crazy. <laughs> Cal's ranked 23rd. <laughs> I mean, Cal's a demonstrably better team than Ole Miss. There's no way they win this game. Who, Cal? Yeah. No, there's no way Mississippi wins this game. Really? Here's the thing for you. Cal has a better chance to win the national championship right now than Texas A&M does. For what it's worth, like some like if a team gets out, they are still undefeated in the Pac-12. This if they can win on the road against an SEC team, even if it's Mississippi, something that we'll note. And the Pac-12 may stink this year. Obviously, it's going to happen. I'm just noting that Cal's a better chance of winning that. I mean, facts. Those are facts. I'm going to pick Ole Miss. I'm picking Cal, baby. Let's go, Cal. LSU is going to try to take over Vanderbilt at 11 a.m. Central Time. Will they outpace what George did? been nine years since they played in nashville will they outpace what georgia did yes they will agreed and you pick them to win too yeah (laughs) what would ed say about this what ed their coach oh um it's it's been a long time known as ed 
I think he's I don't just know, Coach, o. Coach, Coach O. Coach O. Coach O. Well, we're going to go up there and play that smart boys, and I think we're going to – I mean, I don't have a new tree up there, but whatever. We'll find something to eat. Maybe they got possum. Do you think they got possum? The great joke about this is you guys can't hear but this ball. listening. This is actually how I talk all the time. <laughs> Except when you're podcasting. <laughs> Except when I'm podcasting. And I feel like I need to have like a more professional voice being a professional journalist and all. So I hide it. And so this is the one time I get to. I know you guys all think Tony does it. This is the one time I get to use my actual voice. I mean, if, I mean, if you've ever seen The Water Boy, Will was actually an extra in The Water Boy. That's true. I was, I was the water. Nick Saban gets another noon kickoff. He hosts Southern Miss. Guys, I'm sorry I put this one in yeah, there. I'm sorry you did too. Give me Southern Miss. Uh, yeah. What? I'll no, take Alabama. Alabama. It's always nice to have that game. You just put up top. And- Although, look, um, um, Southern Carolina played against mm. Alabama pretty well. I mean, they ran the ball really well. Kalinsky's good, man. He is. He is good. It was a really crazy backdoor cover. I thought we were yeah. going there with the the betting thing, but uh, Southern Miss doesn't win this game. Auburn and Texas A&M. Auburn's eighth. Texas A&M seventeen. I'd say A&M needs this game super bad. This is a three thirty CBS kickoff, right? Yep. This is a game we're going to wait on the start. Um, where's this game? College Station. You got, you got Nick's making his first true road game start. I mean, the last time we had that happen in the SEC, Jake Fromm went to Notre Dame. This is the legend of the Knicks game, right? Yeah, the legend of I'm Bo taking Knicks. Auburn in this game. I am taking Texas A&M. I am as well. Carolina goes to Missouri for the Battle of Columbia. They actually have a trophy for this game. Uh, Missouri's going to beat the crap out of them. <laughs> September 21st, 8 o'clock p.m., CBS kickoff. CBS National Broadcast will have Brad Nessler on the call and Gary Danielson uh, in the Chris Collinsworth seat. And uh, number seven, Notre Dame, pays its first and probably ever only visit to Athens. Georgia's ranked number three, and Georgia is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Take us off. Who's going first? Me. I'm going first. So if you think about it, Georgia has played Notre Dame twice. Uh, they won in the 1981 Sugar Bowl, 17 to 10. They beat Notre Dame 20 to 19 in 2017. So as you can see, those games are amazingly close and nail biting. Georgia will do what they've been built to do. They will control both lines of scrimmage. But I would look for Notre Dame's Ian Book to make things happen with his legs. He's tied for the team rushing lead. With Tony Jones Jr., so that's something to think about. But they'll make a few mistakes, and those plays will break down, and the Georgia defensive line will gain that advantage. Then the Georgia run game starts churning and churning with yards with Harry and White, Swift, and surprises with Cook. You know, that's kind of what they're grooming Cook to do, I think, in this offense to kind of be that slasher, true scat back type. And in the end, the tight ends and the crowd noise make the difference. Look for Eli Wolf to have some kind of big, amazing play. Georgia wins 38 17. Oh, wow. That's, that's, I thought we were leading to a closer score than that. Um, I think I've made my thoughts on this game pretty clear. Uh, it's hard for me to see it. If Georgia plays to its talent, which is higher than Notre Dame's, shout out to Seth Emerson, wrote a thing in his mailbag last week about how there is this since nationally still a little bit of skepticism about Kirby as an in-game coach. I do not think that is fair, uh, but I understand why that exists. The talent for Georgia, I would argue, is so much higher than the talent for Notre Dame. 
that if this game is tight late, it will feel as if there is something more... It will feel like something's wrong. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I do not think that there's actually any in-game issues at all other than the occasional fake punt. I think Georgia wins this game, and I think they win it kind of definitively through the defense. I'm going to go Georgia 30, Notre Dame 10. When you sit down and look at what Notre Dame has done, you don't have a lot of data. They played a Louisville team we don't know about yet, certainly better than they were last year because Bobby Petrino is not the coach. A New Mexico team who is being charitable is overmatched also without their coach with them on the road. The thing I keep coming back to is the running game. When you look at stats, Power 5 teams, a stat came out today, Georgia leads the nation in number one with a bullet of runs of five-plus yards. 77.7% of all the rushes go for five-plus yards. When you look at Notre Dame, 40.8% of their rushes go under five yards. Georgia leads the nation, by the way, and again with a bullet, of rushes of zero or negative yards at just 8.9%. Notre Dame is at 19.7%. Now that factors in sacks, of course. So kind of what I think is going to happen is that Notre Dame's really going to rely on in book in a way that they haven't had to, and that's through the passing game. I think that means there's a fair number of points scored in this game. Um, I, I don't think Georgia's going to remain in the top 10 on points scored, which is where they are now, uh, defensively points scored. Um, but I also think that means that they're going to rely a little bit too much on in book. I just It's hard to see uh, kind of what Will said earlier. Um, where we are talent-wise and where we are coaching-wise, we're ahead of them. And when you sit down and look in and you think about the running game, what you can do with the running game and what that does and softens up, the linebackers are going to have to step up and protect against that. Um, that allows Jake Fromm to get some passing games. You're kind of looking to repeat the Rose Bowl. I'm not predicting a 55-something game. Um, I think Notre Dame probably can score in the, the, the upper 20s. So I'm going to go with, let's see, 35 and 6 is 40. Let's go 41-28. So everybody predicts a cover. You're, is that you're a cover? under. You're under. I thought it was 13 and a half. I can't do math very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a point under, yeah, right? Point. Um, look, you know, look, the, the range on this game is I mean, there's a way for Notre Dame win. Totally a game, for, a way for Notre Dame win. They have to play the perfect game. Georgia has to act not interested, and they have to get some breaks, which is a little bit of a flop from what happened two years ago because I think we thought, and frankly, Georgia got a couple of breaks, right? Um, they had some fantastic plays. Does but Georgia win that game if that fumble doesn't happen late? No. I don't. I, I mean, I say no off, off the top of the head. The odds go way down. Right, right. right? But the fumble was an opportunistic thing, mm-hmm. and um, frankly, that team did that a lot. This team doesn't need that. Yeah. All right, well, we made it. Here we are. The Notre Dame game is here. 
Are we doing a post game at El Barrio? Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Post game is at El Barrio. So uh, come uh, join us. Are we? Are we taking the time, or they just have to just come there all day? And if you catch a break, there you go. We'll be there. Probably going to be in the. Early evening, yeah, 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 yeah we're not yeah, going to yeah. be there. Yeah, don't come at four a.m. That's definitely not. Uh, we will not be there then. And will um, I mean, sorry, will Scott was telling me a little bit about a uh, thing that the folks at Five Points Bottle Shop did with a uh, a trip up to Knob Creek. A little some things are going to come out with social media. A little special single barrel bourbon stuff. If you know me, you know I love single barrel bourbons. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, that's coming in November. Did so, we do an ad read? Did we need it? Did, yeah, did Scott's we, got it. Scott's got we it. just did an ad read. I know. I'll tell him to stay tuned to the end to stay hear a special end. announcement. An extra, an extra About special. bourbon and five points. All right. Well, gentlemen, we are here. We've made it. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. I know it's tough sometimes to show true appreciation on social media, but you, our listeners, make our job a whole lot more fun. All of the tweets of tailgate photos, the screenshots of fun office pools, pick'em contest standings, and smart and interesting comments about the dogs or even just our show. They're always appreciated by the three of us. And you can join the fun anytime you'd like. You can follow our Instagram or Twitter. The handles are the same, at WSLS Podcast. And send us some comments or photos on Saturday during the all-day tailgate. And yes, we will be at El Barrio on Sunday evening recording our post-game show on the deck. So if you're in town, stop by and say hello. Have a cocktail or a margarita and a few of their awesomely delicious tacos. Hope you have a great week. It will be kind of hard to work and focus, but try to do it anyway. We'll see you on campus all day long on Saturday for the biggest non-conference home matchup in perhaps forever. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.